Blackstar Radio on the phone right now, an Indigenous elder and a man of such high esteem that I hold in high esteem as well. And that is the Labor Senator Patrick Dodson on the phone. Pat, look, thank you so much for taking the time to have a chat. No, thank you for having me on the show and good morning to all your listeners. Mate, I just want to ask very quickly, we have seen the BLM, the Black Lives Matter protests that have occurred in Australia. It started off in America, but has now come to Australia and we are looking at the Indigenous incarceration and the deaths of Indigenous peoples in incarceration. That speech that you gave in Parliament the other day, if anybody has the chance to listen to that in full, was very, very awe-inspiring. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I mean, uh, as a previous Royal Commissioner and uh, seeing the appalling rates of deaths, uh, you know, 440 or so since that Royal Commission that I was on uh, take place, it's so sad. There's no real excuse, in my view, for not addressing the underlying issues, especially the housing issues and, you know, health issues. Uh, in 30 years, we've seemed to have gone backwards, and I suppose I was a bit cranky in the Parliament, but it's not my life, it's the lives of the families who are affected by the loss of their loved ones. And the bureaucrats and the leaders have got to take this seriously and, well, use the term stop the rot because there's something that's got a smell about all of this and we've got to find a way to clear the air. And uh, when people don't have clear explanations for why deaths occur, then people start to think there's foul play. And that's a sad thing because then relationships start to break down in all sorts of directions. And that's what the Royal Commission had found that I was a part of, and in fact, we found there was no foul play, but there was a real dereliction of duty. People didn't understand their duty of care to those they take into custody, and uh, I think that's what we're witnessing again after 30 years. I think the scariest part about this is that since the Royal Commission put their recommendations in, I'm going, what, 20 years ago now, there's only about been about two of the recommendations that have been taken up. Why is there such, I suppose, there's no one wanting to take responsibility from either side of Parliament? No, and that's true. And when I first came into Parliament, I asked Senator Scullion uh, about uh, the implementation of the Royal Commission recommendations. They came back to say that the Commonwealth had implemented most of the ones that they were responsible for and said that it was in the hands of the states. Well, that's no excuse. We do live in a Commonwealth that was a National Royal Commission, and we've seen in the Times collaboration across the jurisdictions in order to keep people safe. Well, 440 people, Aboriginal people and Torres Strait Islander people dying, to me, is, is such a tragedy. And we've got the capacity to work across the jurisdictional lines, and we shouldn't just turn Aboriginal people into the economic bottom line and cannot be afforded. Well, you just spoke about housing, overcrowding, as one of the precursors for those that are going into prison. But other issues, education, health, there is so many underlying issues that really need to be addressed. Well, there, there, there certainly is. And I suppose the one point of uh, optimism uh, that sustains me is that the peak organisations are now got a seat at the table and they're talking about systemic change and giving greater capacity to our organisations to deliver the services and to work out the strategies that can help with the many challenges we know that exist within our society and and have greater control over that and greater accountability for those measures. If the governments, state and Commonwealth governments, listen to them in in these areas of health, legal services, education and other fields, then we might get institutional change that hopefully in the next decade we'll see some real change.
And it really all even starts off if you look back at schools and that being taught, Indigenous history being taught in schools. Because I have noticed two schools in Queensland, one in Mossman, just north of Port Douglas, and one in Hopevale near Cooktown, where Indigenous language is being part of the curriculum. And they're even finding there's a reduction of absenteeism in those schools. The kids are loving going back to school. Absolutely, because you know, language is such an integral part of people's identity. And then once you uh, learn about some of the stories and uh, learn to sing even simple ditties, you know, in language, it gives such pride. I've, I've seen it with my own people, with the Yahoo people, and the young kids, black and white, at the uh, state schools that are learning the Yahoo language and the, the pride that comes through. And the you know, young kids come up to me in the streets of Bremen thinking, oh, you me on, you know, and it's a, it's a real buzz. So uh, I'm proud to hear that. Just to go back to the Black Lives Matter protests, what were your thoughts, your feelings when you saw those mass protests in and around Australia? Every city in Australia had those protests, even amongst the COVID-19 worries. Yes, well, my first worry, of course, was for the uh, transmission of that awful uh, virus. And I and my hope was, you know, people be safe. But I know that um, people are frustrated and they're angry. And they've had nice words and they haven't seen any action. And so the risk that they've taken to focus this attention on administrators and particularly on the political leaders, uh, you, you can't avoid that and they shouldn't be dismissed. This is a national scandal that we're faced with and it's building up to be uh, you know, not only a, a, a challenge to us as Australians but to our whole reputation and integrity internationally. It's only a matter of time before people start to realise how small a population we are, and yet how overrepresented we are in the criminal justice system. Yeah, I saw a nice uh, piece in the one of the papers saying, how many times do the Indigenous population have to be told to wait? Every time they bring up the concerns, oh, you've got to wait. It's going to be looked at. It's going to be, and it just seems to go back and back and back and back and in time. Yeah, well, there's nothing that this government's uh, doing. Uh, you know, they're snapping back to the same old, same old. You know, cashless debit card, CDP, uh, you know, the, the levels of uh, remuneration for New Start. You know, there's just, just no insight, no leadership, no real resolve to reform and set down a new path to, to clarify and improve the relationship between us. I think in some ways we saw that when we saw the rejection of the Uluru Statement of the Heart, and that must have hurt so many people. It was so rude to just dismiss the simple, you know, really minimalist aspirations that we've put forward there uh, by those leaders at Uluru. A voice to the parliament, constitutional entrenchment of that voice, uh, capacity to uh, set up a Makarata commission to tell the truth and to enter into agreement making. They're not really big things to ask. In a, in a nation like Australia. I wanted to very quickly touch on the Duke and Gorge case. I know that you are on the committee, but are you surprised that the reaction worldwide to the destruction of those caves? Because it's not just Indigenous history that we saw destroyed. It was human history dating back 46,000 years. And there are people around the world uh, now sitting up and taking notice of those actions. Were you surprised at the response? I think... Uh you know, Australia thinks it's isolated from the uh, uh, from people across the world, and to destroy uh, not only the caves, but you know, there's an ancient ceremonial belt that was inside those caves with the DNA of 
possibly thousands of our ancestors from the desert who contributed to that. It was 4,000 years old. So that's hidden away somewhere. But it was still in a special place within the caves that are now destroyed. You know, this ancient history of humanity and of our heritage, Australians are going to wake up that we are the oldest living continuous culture in the world and there's so many things we can learn about how our people have survived here. I think you just touched on it right then, Pat, when you just said humanity because the Indigenous race has got such an amazing history. Certainly agree with that, brother. Okay, Patrick, look, thanks very much for your time. I really appreciate that. Um, As I said, I was so impressed with your speech in Parliament regarding the Black Lives Matter and deaths in custody. Congratulations on that and really look forward to see your continued representation in Parliament for everyone's voice. Thank you very much and stay safe, people. The Senator Patrick Dodson, an amazing man here on Black Star Radio.